Clovis, building a healthy life together. What's up, everybody? It's Justin with another episode of In Case You Missed It. This is episode number 31, and this is from my most recent Ask Me Anything, my Facebook Live Ask Me Anything, which we do every single Wednesday night on facebook.com slash the Clovis culture. This week's Ask Me Anything was a traditional old school Ask Me Anything where I just took questions from the audience. And we talked about proper squat form, we talked about DOMS, which is delayed onset muscle soreness, we talked about grass-fed beef versus grain-fed beef, and we even tackled the big, scary, terrifying, horrific, awful topic of vaccinations. Whoa, I didn't know if I would ever cover that. But I did, and I think we did it well. So I'm gonna give you a quick rundown of how this AMA episode went. And of course, you can check out the show notes of this AMA at clovis.show. Go to clovis.show. This was Ask Me Anything number 70. This is in case you missed it, number 31. Let's dive in. Question number one. I was looking on the 5x5 website for proper squat form and was surprised to find that they recommend going below parallel. I've always been told to go down until your knees are 90 degrees and quads are parallel to the ground. So, in your opinion, are your hips supposed to drop lower than your knees, or do you recommend going till parallel? Great question, and you definitely, definitely, definitely want to break parallel. Anytime you're doing a squat, you want your hip joint to go below your knee joint. That said, this ass to grass stuff is not really necessary for most people unless they're trying to do something in particular, like um, somebody who may be doing Olympic powerlifting, like competitively, where they need to come out of what they call the hole, right? When they do like a snatch or a clean and jerk or something like that, right? But for most people who are just trying to squat for overall health and wellness, you just need that hip joint to break parallel. Your hip joint will go below your knee joint. So this, let's say this point here is your knees, this is your hips, my wrist is your hips. Just gotta go below parallel, then come back up. That's it, hip joint has to break the plane of the knee joint. That's definitely what you wanna do. Here's the problem. The bodybuilding world doesn't tell you this. So if you go into any Globo gym and you see people, even on like Smith machines doing squats, you know, people just don't break parallel and people probably don't have the mobility to break parallel without risking injury. So the bodybuilding world is a personal trainer is gonna give you a plan and say, four sets of 10 on squats, you need to do it, go, right? and they don't really care what happens. This is why you see some of these big, big jacked up bodybuilder guys that'll have four plates on each side of the bar and they barely go down to 45 degrees, their knees are barely bent, and then they come back up and they're like, I can squat 300 pounds. And you're like, you couldn't break parallel with that weight with a gun to your head. Let's be honest about this, right? So what I want, what I want you to understand is if you can't right now stand with your feet, hip width or shoulder width apart, somewhere in between hip width and shoulder width apart, squat straight down, literally ass to grass because you're just body weight and hang out there in a rested position. Like you may have seen videos, people all across the world rest like this. This is a resting position for most of the world. For indigenous tribes, when I was in Thailand, people will squat like that in the street and eat food. Literally, they just sit in a squatted position and rest. Americans do not do this because we do not have the mobility to do it because we sit all the time and have killed our glutes, right? So if you can't do this, you shouldn't be barbell squatting yet. You should start with body weight and you should be working on mobility. So some great resources for this. Um, Kelly Starrett's book, Becoming a Supple Leopard, is fantastic. I recommend following the pistol squat recommendation so you can really get down deep and work on your ankle mobility. GMB also has a program called Focus Flexibility, which I've done, which is fantastic as well. The other option is to skip barbell squats all together and just focus on mobility, but still work your glutes. Because here's what happens. If you do that bodybuilding type stuff, 45 degree squats, you're not even working your butt. 
Women come to me all the time and they're like, I've been doing squats for six months, my butt won't get bigger. Yeah, because you're not breaking parallel. You're going down 45 degrees, you're not engaging your glutes. If you can't figure out how to get that squat form perfect, you're not even gonna engage your butt muscles. So ladies, if you're trying to get a squat booty and you're doing squats and you don't have proper form, all you're gonna do is work your quads, your quads are gonna get bigger, and you're gonna hurt your lower back. So a better option for you would be something like a kettlebell goblet squat. That's where you hold the kettlebell in front of you and do a goblet squat. I have a video of this that I've included in the show notes at clovis.show. And that is a great exercise to both engage the glutes and to work on your mobility at the same time. If you get down in that goblet squat and really work around your hips, your ankle joints, all these things, move around with that kettlebell, you can really work the ankle mobility, the hip mobility, your knees, all these things that will get you to a proper squat eventually. So to answer the question, you absolutely have to break parallel when you're doing a barbell squat. Just my opinion, I don't think you're squatting if you're not breaking parallel. So just my take on it. The second question was, I'm really curious about delayed onset muscle soreness. Does it have anything to do with an individual's inflammatory response? Salt levels? Why is it something you don't feel immediately? Okay, so DOMS is delayed onset muscle soreness. This became kind of really popular as the CrossFit movement became popular because more people started to experience it. Now, if you've never done something like CrossFit or heavy powerlifting, here's where you would experience something like DOMS. Let's say you don't work out for the whole year and then New Year's resolutions come and you make a New Year's resolution and January 1st, you go to the gym and you hit it like you used to when you were 18 years old. You're bench pressing, you're squatting, all these different things, bodybuilding, right? And you're sore for four days, right? And sometimes if you did this on a Monday, Wednesday, the soreness will be even worse or even Thursday, the soreness will be even worse. This is delayed onset muscle soreness. It's a buildup of lactate it's a buildup of lactate in the blood, okay? So the lactate concentration in the blood is built up and this can cause a lot of pain. Why is it delayed? Because we know that we're traumatizing muscles. It's the adaptation to what we're doing to the muscles that makes you healthier, makes you grow muscles and things like this, right? This can cause something called trigger points. Now, trigger points, if you know any massage therapists, they'll talk to you about taking trigger points out, like knots in your muscles. These trigger points restrict blood flow. Blood flow, proper blood flow, is what flushes lactate from the system. So these trigger points cause these restrictions in blood flow, which over time lead to a buildup of lactate in the blood, and you can have this pain. Now the best way to not have DOMS is to prevent DOMS. One, water. You need to be drinking enough water. You need to be getting enough electrolytes. I have very heavy electrolyte recommendations inside of Clovis. You guys know this. It's a really big deal. Uh-oh electronics talking to me, but yeah. So you need to get your electrolytes, you need to get your water, and you need enough protein, at least 0.8 to 1.2 grams of protein per pound of body weight, particularly on these days where you're doing really heavy lifts. That's super important for recovery. Now, if it's too late and you have DOMS, you have a lot of muscle soreness, you need to increase blood flow. So you wanna do something like aerobic threshold training, really low intensity aerobic threshold training, just like a light jog or a walk or something like that, and sauna. Sauna is also great because low intensity aerobic training and sauna both increase blood flow and will help you flush that lactate. So another question we had was, if making a switch to exclusively grass-fed pasture-raised is cost prohibitive and one needs to include some grain-fed meats in their meals, does it make more sense to use the leaner cuts of meat and supplement fat from better sources like avocado, etc.? My answer to this is no, absolutely not, because I don't have a huge problem with you eating some grain-fed animals. Not a big deal, right? But that said, this person's looking at the question wrong, so I try to help them flip this and look at it from a different angle. Most importantly, is this saving you money? No, the approach that's spelled out in this question is not gonna save you money. So here's the thing. Grass-fed beef is gonna be a couple dollars more per pound. 
Now, if you decide I'm gonna buy grain-fed lean cuts of meat because it's a little bit cheaper per pound, and then I'm gonna go buy avocados, macadamia nuts, grass-fed butter, MCT oil, normal coconut oil, blah, 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 all these things. These products are crazy expensive per ounce, way more expensive than grass-fed beef, right? So if you just, I mean, a bag of macadamia nuts is gonna cost you 10 to 15 bucks. One avocado is gonna cost you at least a dollar. In some states, it can cost you $4 for a freaking avocado. So the idea that you're gonna get the meat that's $2 cheaper, get a lean cut, and then make up those healthy fats by eating avocados, grass-fed butter, macadamias, no, that's just not gonna happen. You're gonna end up spending more money that way because meat is the perfect ketogenic food with around a one-to-one -one ratio, one gram of fat for one gram of protein. Perfect ketogenic ratios, right? So it would make more sense to actually opt for the expensive beef, right? If you don't buy the macadamia nuts, you just saved enough money for two extra pounds of grass-fed beef. That's how expensive these plant-based things are. So I really wanted to help this person see it from a different angle. You're not gonna save money by trying to, the keto, internet keto world has taught us to supplement fat, basically. Buy all the different fats you can buy, grass-fed butter, cheese and uh, uh, avocados and macadamias and pecans and walnuts and all that stuff and just fat, 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 fat. You're better off getting it from meat, absolutely. Um, and you guys know I don't agree with the protein recommendations on a ketogenic diet. I think it's way too little protein. I think you need more protein than 20% of your daily caloric intake. So anyway, that's my spiel on that. You're not gonna save money. You can save money by buying grass-fed beef and not buying all the other fat sources from plants, right? So. This last thing I'm gonna to touch on because this video has gone a little long for in case you missed it, is we did touch on the touchy subject of vaccinations. What is my take on vaccinations? The actual question is this may be a touchy subject, but how do you feel about vaccinations? So I tiptoed around this for quite some time and I wasn't going to tackle this, but the bottom line is my position on this is nuanced as everybody's position on this should be nuanced. Why? Because there's simply not enough science to have a definitive opinion one way or the other, meaning for you to say, I am 100% certain that all vaccinations are, the hor are horrible, most terrible thing ever, that's dishonest. To say that 100% all vaccinations are 100% safe and everybody should get them at the most aggressive schedule ever, blah, that's dishonest as well. Perfect example of this is the schedules for vaccinations in European countries are far different than they are in America. We both have good scientists, what's the deal with that? There's not enough data. There's not enough data to tell us precisely. Now, if it were me, okay, I am not a doctor. I don't pretend to be a doctor. I've never claimed to be a doctor. I'm not even an expert. I don't even have kids. Why am I talking to you about vaccinations, right? People wanna get my opinion on these things because I tend to research things. So all we have to do here is ask a couple of questions. Number one, do vaccines work? Well, yes, we know that we do, we, that they do. We have examples of things like polio, right? So they work. Do all vaccinations work? No, not at all. The flu vaccine fails miserably all of the time. We'll have the most number of flu vaccines given and still have an outbreak of the flu, right? Have epidemics, right? So no, they don't always work. Do vaccines hurt people? Yes, in some cases, some of the time, irrefutably, yes, they absolutely hurt people. In fact, there is something called the Vaccine Injury Compensation Program. The Vaccine Injury Compensation Program exists because enough children are severely injured, quote unquote, by these vaccinations that they have an entire fund set up just to pay the families of the kids who are hurt by these vaccinations, okay? So we've talked about this for 45 seconds and we have checks in the pro column, we have checks in the con column, right? So we have to be willing to have a nuanced conversation. The issue is this vaccination debate has become like carnivores versus vegans. It's all emotion 
and the vegans don't care about science at all. The anti-vaxxers vaxxers decide their science and then the pro-vaxxers decide their science and everybody just screams at each other and nothing ever gets figured out, right? That's what drives me crazy about this vaccination thing. It's like, if you're an anti-vaxxer, you're a hippie who lives in a van down the river and your kids sleep in a tent and you homeschool and you don't use deodorant. And if you're pro-vaccination, then you must be a Nobel winning scientist, Nobel Prize winning scientist, right? It's ridiculous. We can't treat people like this, these camps. It's so insane. So if it were me, if it were me, I would just think back to the most well-known, the most studied vaccinations that have been around for the longest period of time. So to give you an example, when my parents were born in 1959, there was like eight vaccinations. By age two, they would have had a maximum of eight injections, right? Now, there's I think over 14 vaccinations, and by age two, a child can have 26 injections by age two, right? So it's just, it's crazy. You don't have to do this aggressive thing. You could literally just be like, okay, I'm gonna do what they did in 1959. Just give me the, the dosages and the scheduling from and the vaccinations that were around in 1959 because those are more well studied. I'm gonna try those, right? That's a nuanced way to handle this. It's not an extreme, one extreme or the other. You can't just run around saying vaccinations cause autism and you can't just run around saying that all vaccinations are safe because there's an entire fund dedicated to paying people who are damaged by vaccinations. Clearly they're not all safe, right? It's absolutely ridiculous. Now. The biggest thing I wanna to touch on, and then I'll get out of your hair, is this idea that everyone's looking for a smoking gun. Everybody wants vaccinations to be evil because it would explain the rise in autism, the rise in ADHD, the rise in behavioral problems, the rise in autoimmune conditions, the rise in seasonal allergies, and all this stuff. I don't think that is the case. I think the case is that I'm 32 years old. Women my age have been eating the food pyramid for decades, and then they have kids and they eat the food pyramid while they're pregnant. And the whole world runs around saying, you're pregnant, you're eating for two, feel free to have six pieces of cheesecake and two pints of ice cream and three Coca-Colas and five donuts, you're eating for two, blah, blah, blah. Yes, you are eating for two, and now you're killing two people instead of one, right? So we have to think about this. It's far more likely that the decades of epigenetics being damaged by the standard American diet, which is the worst diet you could possibly think of, it's far more likely that this is leading to problems in infants that are born, right? In newborn babies, they're born with these problems because of the diet of during pregnancy and the diet of the woman prior to pregnancy as well. And I know that sucks to hear and it sounds super unfair and I'm never gonna be pregnant and I know that and I empathize, it's super hard, I get it. But we have to understand this, this search for a smoking gun that just removes all personal responsibility from the atrocious diet that we have here in America, it's gotta stop, we gotta deal with that first, okay? So this is in case you missed it, number 31 from AMA number 70, which was have a squat, doms, grass-fed beef and vaccinations. Pretty cool stuff. So if you want to check out the show notes, go to clovis.show. It's the most recent episode. That's AMA number 70. You can check out all the show notes. I have links like videos to the kettlebell goblet squat, all sorts of great resources. So go to clovis.show, check that out, AMA number 70. Also subscribe to the Clovis Culture Podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Also, do me a favor, leave me a review on iTunes. If you leave my podcast a review on iTunes, shoot me a direct message, shoot me an email at justinimclovis.com, screenshot your review, I will send you free Perfect Paleo Powder. 100% free, no shipping, no nothing. I will send you free samples of the Perfect Paleo direct, the Perfect Paleo Powder directly to your doorstep. This is in case you missed it, number 31. My name's Justin, give me a shout, check out clovis.show. Thanks so much, bye.